0: Welcome to Life Study of the Bible, brought to you by Living Stream Ministry. These programs are based on the ministry of Witness Lee and his 21 year long crowning work, The Life Study of the Bible. We'll include excerpts from his spoken ministry As we continue on in the life study of Matthew, the Gospel of the Kingdom, we'd like to go back into our archives. Today we're highlighting a program from the life study of Hebrews concerning the matter of the unshakable kingdom. The earth, though seemingly very solid, can and will be shaken. Even the heavens that we gaze at are vulnerable. But the hope of all God's redeemed is to receive a kingdom that cannot be shaken. What is this kingdom? What does it mean to us? These are the things we'll see on today's Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, a program furnished by Living Stream Ministry. And as always, we're happy that Ron Kangas can join us for especially this very inspiring message from Hebrews. Ron, welcome back to the program.
1: Thank you. And as always, I'm happy to share in this fellowship.
0: Ron, today we come to a marvelous verse in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 28. And maybe I'll read a portion of that verse now. Therefore, receiving an unshakable kingdom, let us have grace. It's interesting here, Ron, that the kingdom is something that we receive. I wonder if you'd explain this for us.
1: The word receive in this context suggests at least two things. First, receive suggests that we are talking about something that is altogether a matter. Of the Lord's mercy and grace. Back in chapter 4, we have a word about coming forward with boldness to the throne of grace in the Holy of Holies to receive mercy and find grace. So to receive the kingdom implies that the kingdom is God's gift to us. I'm reminded of the Lord's word in Luke 12, where he tells his believers not to fear because it is the Father's good pleasure to give them the kingdom. So God gives in mercy and grace motivated by love and we receive. We don't earn it. Although we have a responsibility, we don't like get it as a wage. The second matter suggested by the word receive is that The kingdom that we receive is a matter of faith. It's by faith that we receive the Lord as our Savior, as our life. It's by faith that we are born of God to become children of God. It's by faith that we are saved through grace. And it is by faith that we receive the kingdom. What God gives in grace, we receive through an exercise of faith motivated by love. To receive the kingdom is to recognize it is all a matter of grace, not of what we deserve. And second, to receive the kingdom requires an exercise of faith to appropriate to ourselves what God in grace has freely given.
0: Ron, thank you. Let's join Witness Lee with his live study from Hebrews chapter 12.
2: The kingdom which we have received, is something unshakable. And this determines that this kingdom is neither of the earth nor of the heaven. For the old covenant, the earth was shaken as a warning upon earth. If you read Exodus at Mount Sinai, when the old covenant was given, there was the shaking of the earth. For the new covenant, one day the heaven will be shaken. According to Haggai 2.6. The earth is shaken and the heaven is also shakable. Now only the Lord and the things that come out of Him remain forever. Amen. So this indicates... The kingdom that we have received is something that has come out of the Lord himself. The kingdom is just the Lord himself as the kingship within us. Faith is the Lord himself as the believing element in us. Now, the kingdom in the same principle is also the Lord himself as the kingship. By the way, In order to help you a little bit realize that the kingdom is the Lord himself as the kingship. I would ask you to read Daniel chapter 2.
0: At this point, we're going to break in and read these two verses in Daniel chapter 2 because they're very significant to this portion of the message. This is Daniel 2, verses 34 and 35. You continued looking until a stone was cut out without hands. And it struck the statue on its feet of iron and clay and crushed them. Then the iron, the clay, the bronze, the silver, and the gold were crushed all at the same time and became like chaff from the summer threshing floors. And the wind carried them away so that not a trace of them was found. But the stone that struck the statue became a great mountain and filled the whole earth.
2: stone, this is Christ. The heavenly Christ was cut out without hands. You know, the Lord Jesus was cut on the cross, not by human hands. Verse 43. And in the days of these kings shall the God of heaven set up a kingdom, which shall never be destroyed, and the kingdom shall not be left to other people, but it shall break in pieces. And consume all these kingdoms, and it shall stand forever. Amen. You read these verses, you can see that stone is Christ, and eventually that stone will become the great mountain that will fill the whole earth. We know the great mountain is the coming kingdom. So, by this, you can see. The kingdom that we have received is just Christ himself. So the kingdom is unshakable.
0: Ron, the earth certainly has been, and even the heavens will be shaken, the Bible tells us. But the kingdom that we're receiving is unshakable. We jumped from Hebrews 12 to the book of Daniel, Ron, in this portion. And there, this unshakable kingdom comes as a stone And the stone is Christ. You better help us with this a little.
1: In Daniel 2, this stone becomes a great mountain that fills the whole earth. If we consider the matters of stone and mountain in relation to the kingdoms being unshakable, uh, we can and should receive quite a definite impression. The heavens will be shaken, the earth will be shaken. But the kingdom, by its nature, cannot be shaken. If God can be shaken, then the kingdom of God, which is God's administration, can be shaken. But neither God nor his kingdom can be shaken. As an illustration of this, we had the stone becoming a great mountain. Christ himself, we know from Luke 17, is the kingdom. The kingdom is Christ in his divine administration. The kingdom is Christ ruling. So where Christ is, the kingdom is. So he told the religious ones, the kingdom of God is in your midst. That's Luke 17. He is the stone that was cut without hands, that he was cut on the cross. In resurrection, he is now the building stone. We know from a number of passages in the New Testament. When our Lord comes back, He will come as the smiting stone to smite all of the nations of the earth. However, when He comes, He will not come only with Himself as King, but with all of His co kings, that is, the overcomers, who receive the kingdom as a reward. So the Lord will come as this unshakable kingdom stone. He Himself will smite the great image destroy the kingdoms of the earth, then this stone will be enlarged to a mountain that fills the whole earth. So we may touch the reality of the unshakable kingdom now, but when the Lord returns as the smiting stone, Christ and the overcomers will become this mountain, surely unshakable. So the stone and the mountain indicate that the kingdom that we have received surely is unshakable. Heaven and earth will be shaken, but if we are in this kingdom in reality, we will be in the unshakable realm of the divine administration. What is wonderful here is the heart's desire of God to include us not only in his expression in Christ, but also in his administration through Christ.
0: Ron, you mentioned in your uh, earlier response that we can touch the reality of the kingdom today, and when the Lord returns, there will be the kingdom in another aspect. We're going to look at that in this coming section. Let's go back to Witness Lee.
2: Don't forget, when you repent, you repent for the kingdom. We have been reborn into the kingdom, not into the heaven. I am pretty sure many of you have heard the gospel telling you that regeneration is for you to go into heaven. That is also wrong. Regeneration is for the kingdom. Unless a man be born again, he shall never enter the kingdom. Praise Lord for Colossians 1.13. Which says, we have been translated. From one kingdom to another kingdom. The original kingdom was the darkness of Satan. But now we have been translated into the kingdom of God's beloved. The kingdom today is not of meat nor of drink, but of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. The church life is the kingdom. Revelation 1 9 tells that. When the Apostle John wrote the book of Revelation, he was in the kingdom already. Now, we come to the hard part of the matter of the kingdom. The reality and the manifestation of the kingdom. If you are going to understand the truths. In the New Testament concerning the kingdom, you have to realize that with the kingdom, there are two aspects. The aspect of reality and the aspect of manifestation. You couldn't see that there is a watch with me. I do have a watch in reality, but it is not manifested. To have a watch, in reality, is one thing. To have this watch manifested is another thing. The kingdom has at least these two aspects. Today, in the church, the kingdom is not in manifestation. It is in reality. Outwardly, according to appearance, Man cannot see the kingdom. Now, the kingdom is not manifested yet, but there is a kind of reality among us. That is the reality of the kingdom.
0: Ron, in seeing the matter of the kingdom as it's displayed for us in the New Testament, we really need to see and understand these two aspects of first its reality And then its manifestation. Would you
1: explain again what is meant by these two aspects? The reality of the kingdom is related to the life of the kingdom. Life, by its very nature, is something inward, invisible, intrinsic, and real. According to the Gospel of Matthew, especially chapters 5 through 7, We need to live a kingdom life today as an inward reality. Remember the Lord said, don't do things to be gazed at by men. Uh, Don't give so that others would see. Don't pray that others would glorify you. But live in secret and give in secret and pray in secret and fast in secret. This is to live in the inward reality of the kingdom in the church life today. So the reality of the kingdom is a practical God-man living according to and in the life of the kingdom. That's in this age. When the Lord Jesus comes back, he will come back visibly. There will be a drastic change over the whole world and the kingdom of God will be established visibly, actually and practically. At that time, there will be a manifestation, a showing forth, a shining out of what has been the reality within the overcoming believers today. So today in this age, the kingdom is a reality to us in life. In the coming age of the millennium, the kingdom will be a manifestation with us in glory. The crucial thing here is that according to God's will and way, if we wish to participate in the manifestation of the kingdom in glory in the coming age, we need to know, experience, and live in the reality of the kingdom in the present age. If we think we can avoid living in the kingdom's reality and just assume simply because we're saved that we'll be in that manifestation We will be shocked when the Lord appears. So we need to consider the Lord's words soberly, that today is a time for us to exercise to be in the reality of the kingdom, so that when the Lord comes, we will not be put to shame. Rather, we will be rewarded by him. We will reign with him. We will enter into joy with him in the glorious manifestation of the kingdom for a thousand years. Thank you, Ron. We've got a conclusion where we're going to go a little bit farther in this matter of the kingdom. Let's
0: go back to Witness Lee.
2: The kingdom, in its manifestation, will be a reward and an enjoyment to us in the millennial kingdom in the coming age. Today, in the reality of the kingdom, we have the exercise and the discipline in the coming age in the manifestation of the kingdom, we will have a reward and an enjoyment. In other words, today, the kingdom is an exercise to us. But, in the coming age, the kingdom will be a reward to us. Firstly, the Lord Jesus in Matthew 16, 27 says, He will come. And by then, He will reward. If you read the context, you could see the Lord's coming back to reward us. That is a matter related to the manifestation of the kingdom. Then in Matthew 25, verse 21-23, the Lord said to the faithful servants, Good Servant, come in, come in to enjoy. The enjoyment of your Lord. I tell you. That will be the enjoyment. In the manifestation of the kingdom. During those thousand years. If we would take the spirit exercise. And God's discipline in the reality of the kingdom in the church today. We will receive the Lord's reward and enter into the enjoyment of the coming Sabbath Christ in the manifestation of the kingdom in the coming age. Otherwise, we will miss the coming kingdom in its manifestation as a reward. This means if today we are not in the reality of the kingdom, we will have no share in it we will have no right to participate in Christ's reign in His glory in the millennium. And we will lose our birthright to inherit the earth. Number one. Number two, to be the royal priest of God in Christ. And number three, to be the co-kings of Christ in the coming age. These all are the items of the birthright and also of the kingdom as a reward to us. To miss the coming kingdom and to lose our birthright this doesn't mean that we will perish but it means that we will lose the reward not the salvation. The salvation is secured forever but whether we will receive the reward in the manifestation of the kingdom. This is pending. All the warnings in this book of Hebrews refer to the suffering of the loss of the kingdom reward and to the punishment by God for our God is also a consuming fire.
0: Ron, repeatedly in this life study of Hebrews, we've touched the matter of reward. We heard Witness Lee today say something to the effect that to be in the reality of the kingdom today means that we will have the manifestation of the kingdom as a reward. Let me ask you this question, Ron. Aren't all believers part of God's kingdom?
1: Yes and no. According to John 3... When we are born of the Spirit, born of God, we see the kingdom, and we may enter into the kingdom by birth. So yes, all those who are believers, truly believers into Christ, and therefore have been regenerated by God to be children of God, are in the kingdom of God. As Paul says, we have been transferred out of the authority of darkness into the kingdom of the Son of God's love. So yes, it's a fact that every believer in position, or we may say in standing, is a part of God's kingdom. In what sense do we say that many believers are not a part of God's kingdom? Well, in two ways again, one related to reality, the other to manifestation. If we do not live in the reality of the kingdom of God today, then actually and practically we're not in the kingdom, at least not in our experience, not in our living. We may be indistinguishable in our living, in our way, from unbelievers. So, yes, in position, in standing, we're in the kingdom, but No, we may not be in the kingdom in its reality. I indicated that this no may involve the millennial kingdom. Those who are not in the reality of the kingdom today will not be in the manifestation of the kingdom during the thousand years of the millennium. Those who are in the reality of the kingdom today will also be in that manifestation. It is a fact in the Word of God that, unfortunately, many slothful, even fleshly believers will miss the kingdom in the millennial age. They will not actually and practically be a part of God's kingdom at that time in its manifestation. However, at the end of the millennium, all of the believers will be a part of God's eternal kingdom in and as the new Jerusalem. So we need to face this matter. This is not simply a a theological issue. This is a very practical issue. We need to face our responsibility before the Lord. Yes, by grace, in the divine life, we have been born into God's kingdom... Now, how will we live? Will we live in the reality of what we are or not? This is the issue, and I believe this is the way to attempt to answer your excellent question. We need to answer it according to the whole counsel of God uh, as revealed in the Scriptures.
0: Ron, the kingdom of God is a, uh, an immeasurable topic and one that has appeared a few times in our life study as we continue on in other books in the New Testament. This is a topic that we will come back to again and again and to really understand it because it can be confusing without help. I think these are waters that we need charts and maps and uh, we are getting those in this ministry, aren't we?
1: Yes, uh, this is something, quite frankly, a little more advanced. This is not baby food. This is not kindergarten teaching. This is what the Bible calls solid food and the word of righteousness. And this aspect of our ministry in this life study is especially for serious, seeking believers, those who desperately want to go on with the Lord.
0: Ron, thank you for your help and participation. This ministry is intended to be conveyed through this radio broadcast to God's people many of them for the first time and we realize a number of these concepts as they're developed in this ministry may be new to you and certainly those can give rise to questions feel free to contact us we'd like to talk to you and our toll-free number is one eight 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 life study that's 543-3788 or send your email to radio at lsm.org for Ron Kangas I'm Chris Wild thank you for listening We hope you've enjoyed today's portion from the Life Study of Hebrews. Please join us again as we return to the Life Study of Matthew with Witness Lee. And thank you for listening. Dear Lord, we give
1: ourselves to
2: Thee. Receive us into Thy wise hands.
0: Thank you for listening to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee. Brought to you by Living Stream Ministry. The focus of Living Stream is the works of Watchman Nee and Witness Lee, two co-laborers with the Lord in China in the first half of the 20th century. After World War II, Witness Lee brought this ministry first to Taiwan, then later to North America and eventually to the entire world. For more than 20 years, he spoke these life study messages, unveiling how each book of the Bible shows God's eternal plan. God, through Christ, wants to dispense his life and nature into redeemed man so that man would become God's expression, enlargement, counterpart, and habitation. These studies go far beyond mere doctrine and unveil a personal, practical, and experiential Christ. In these short 26-minute programs, we summarize and condense Witness Lee's rich speaking. But to enjoy all the riches in these messages, we hope you'll visit our website at lifestudy.com there you can read all of the life study messages absolutely free of charge you can even create your own life study reading schedule or download more life study audio programs just like this one and all at no cost again the website lifestudy.com thanks for listening